0: Welcome to Amplifier with the Koch brothers. I think today we're gonna go over our uh, overall impressions of how the Padres have started the season and maybe talk a little bit about the the rest of the series here with the San Francisco Giants. So so Mickey, what are your overall impressions so far with the with the Padres offense?
1: I mean collectively I'm impressed with the overall, you know, approach when you're looking at Tatis is, is doing well. He hit a three-run home run in this game, which we can get back to later. Hosmer was scratched a couple times, of course, and he almost hit another home run tonight, laced a, a single right over Brandon Crawford's head to to left-center field. But the overall approach is what I think is going to be the difference maker, and it starts with guys like uh, Tommy Pham and Jerks and Profar and 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 uh, Trent Grisham that are just they're not necessarily. Juicing the the box scores, but I mean, in terms of having productive at bats, you know, uh, and those walks are a byproduct of that they're when when you see production from that, it's uh, part of that. It's just uh, them them just having good approaches and not not getting in front of themselves. So and even Francisco Mejia, the free swinger last night, uh, you know, he he's got a hit uh, or excuse me, not a hit, but he he walked so. While we've had zero average in our catching core thus far, uh, at least he got on fucking base.
0: Yeah, that was a good at bat too. I think it was a full count, and then and then worked the walk. What did, was it? Him who fouled off a couple of pitches too, or was that Profar?
1: I think. Well, I know Profar had another good at bat too, and I think he was called called out on a bullshit call check. Uh, the check and swing. the check swing. And I think Mahia also I think he felled a couple of balls off but he had a, he had a yeah he had a really good at bat and so more you know more than anything they just need to continue to be able to take those pitches and and take those walks and if they're if they're doing that I think this team's going to win baseball games because I think the pitching is the three-headed monster, you know with uh, the top anchoring the lineup you know Chris Paddock Dilson Lament. And, uh, you know, Garrett Richards, if he's continues to be healthy, because, like, you're looking at two aces and, you know, a couple years ago, three years ago or whatever it was as Garrett Richards was, you know, becoming that front line starter. So opening day with the, you know, the Angels. So uh, I'm extremely encouraged. And even with the, the guys after that, you look at Joey Lucchese and uh, Zach Davies tonight through through really well, probably not even as good. He probably threw better than the, the uh, line suggests too, because he he really looked good. And there was some, some kind of dunkers, dying quails, if you will, going you know. So a little tough luck there for him. But Machado missed what looked like a li- like a liner to to third base, and I don't know, it just kind of ate him up. Or I don't know if he saw it, maybe he lost it. That's another thing: is the ballpark configuration now without the crowd, maybe that has an effect. You always wonder. It's like Oracle Park has always been a very difficult place to play defensively. Going back to Candlestick with the, you know, the marine layer, the fog, the bay. So we saw a couple plays. A uh, Tommy Pham botched a play out there. The same play that Machado couldn't handle. But overall, they've been playing, you know, fundamentally sound baseball, and they're not making errors and not making too many mistakes outside of the couple tonight. So I think that's a, also extremely positive because I think in the past we've seen a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I think their offense has been pretty unlucky too. The, in the Arizona series, they, the Arizona defense was playing really well. I know Pham was crushing the ball, and he got robbed a couple of times in the outfield, probably got robbed to two doubles in the outfield.
1: I believe Tommy Pham came into the game uh, – not tonight's game, but yesterday's game with like a what was it? A four sixty some on base percentage.
0: Yeah, and all this, all this has been really without anything from Machado. He he really hasn't done much of anything outside of that home run. And you know you know if anybody, he's gonna come around. And yeah. if 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 Tatis and Fam too, Fam hasn't done all that much, even though he he's run into some bad luck. But Fam's gonna come around. Machado's gonna come around. If Myers and Tatis stay hot. It's a dangerous lineup.
1: Totally agree. And if you, if we want to touch on tonight, Will Myers had a dying bloop hit that was trapped by the the right fielder and can't win in for a single. And then he just absolutely fucking murdered a baseball to left center field. So, or was it straightaway center? It was straightaway center field. But the you know the noise in itself, especially now with the echo in the ballpark without the crowd, you knew it was gone immediately. It was a fucking no doubter and so i mean if you're even getting as i i think you had mentioned me i don't know if you had mentioned it to me before on the last podcast or off air but we were talking about how Myers could be kind of ironically big in the season if you know he's he's chipping in he's he's doing his part because you know a Will Myers bat in the lineup can always be dangerous he's got as much talent as anybody and for whatever reason his head wasn't right last year and he clashed with Andy Green that was obviously part of the problem at least on in Will Myers' opinion so we'll have to see
0: yeah and he's already shown that he can get hot for a short period of time or I mean even more more than even a short period of time he can get hot for a few months and that's really all we need this year if if this is him starting to get hot uh, you know, he could, he could have a great year because he really runs hot and cold.
1: Yeah. And even last year, even on a mediocre year for Will, he still hit lefties to, you know, uh, and a very acceptable clip. So, so I think that's sort of a good positive for, for Will and for the Padres to look at, even if he wasn't hitting righties, he's, he still smashed lefties last year. But if he's you know, has that approach, and he continues that right center field approach, and he stays within himself. He's not guessing, because that's what Will does. He starts guessing pitches, and that's when he gets in trouble. He starts his back leg starts dragging, and he's pull happy, and it's an automatic fucking out. So right now, he's not doing that, and uh, and I think it's a byproduct of what we're seeing right now. It's just good at bats. He's taking his walks. He's staying within himself. I don't think he's guessing too much. And he's murdering baseballs.
0: Yeah, I'm a, man. I'm a little disappointed in in how Naylor has started the season. I was I was pretty excited about him. I like that he he put in the work to lose a bunch of weight because I know that guy can hit. And he he's been kind of. Uh, I mean it's it hasn't been a lot of. We haven't had seen a lot of games yet, but he's been kind of disappointing. All the
1: games together, like
0: games. It it really drove me crazy. Uh, the other day, I think it was yesterday, when he overslid that base at on second base. I just think there there's no excuse for a major league baseball player. No, Dude. but like, it, man, the little shit like that drives me crazy. Him, like, how can a major league baseball player overslide a base and and it ended up costing us a run and maybe that game that you know the only game we've lost so far. And uh, another thing, speaking of that game. Even though it was kind of a rough game to watch, and and there was some bad baseball in it, to me on the offensive side it was encouraging because they fought back. Uh, they lost the lead. They fought back. They tied the game back up. They lost the lead, our pitching lost the lead again, and mm-hmm. they fought back again. They they didn't you know they didn't get get all the way back. They they scored a run but but they fought back both times and and to me that's man that's so important i can't remember how many times uh, over the last couple of years the padres get behind in a game and i just feel like it's over
1: um yeah you know they do these they do those drills you know those uh base running drills and to not do that's infuriating and like you and i have spoke you know privately it's like you know, Tony Gwynn, You know, if you can't slide head first, or, you know, hook slide or whatever. You know, sliding feet first always worked for you know guys like Tony Gwynn, that were arguably one of the best base runners of all time. So,
0: it, it it was pretty infuriating. I wanted to mention Oliveras, and and how he's been so far. Uh, to me, he's been one of the bright spots. You know, beyond the normal guys, and and to me a guy that they should be putting in there as the DH more often than not, as long as he he keeps producing.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I mean, and talk about, to reference my, you know, my initial uh, point about their approach is just goes right back to spring training and why Edward Olivares made this team is his approach. I mean, he's having good at bats and those walks are a byproduct of of these good at bats, but He's also producing. He's getting hits. He lays that double to left field. And he also worked a a 3-2 count. And he stayed within himself on a tough curveball. And we've seen polished players strike out on worse pitches. And he just took it to... Took it to left field for a base hit and hard base hit at that. So I'm I'm extremely encouraged by him. Good defender. He's got a good arm. All out guy in right field. He just missed that one play. Probably should have had that play. Hit his hit his glove in right field. But other than that, I think like you, I'm extremely encouraged by dude jumps like double A and he's like taking Naylor's fucking spot. He might eventually like outplay and have Maybe he, he's one of the reasons why they traded Frenchie Cordero. I'm extremely encouraged with him, and I think it's only advantageous to have him at the bottom of the lineup with the DH, with Fernando Tatis Jr. leading off and producing with runners in scoring position like he
0: has been. What are your overall impressions so far of their pitching?
1: Overall and you know, collectively and their staff has been tremendous considering when you look at the guys who have looked on the subpar – you know, level like Kirby Yates and Emilio Pagan, and you made this point to me, Brian, is that if, if those two guys are gonna be fine, so if that was the kind of the down spot, the hiccup that we've had so far, then that's probably a good thing because we know those guys are gonna, you know, be fine. So, you know, to have like the the lesser high leverage guys come in and 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 flourish and do well and uh close out games and finish i think with a three-headed monster at the top plus the best bullpen arguably in baseball without even uh, castillo you know and and munoz like fuck dude i mean if they're hitting on all cylinders in a 60 game sprint and i i've said this since day one when you know we learned that we were going to be able to play the Padres are going to be a force to be reckoned with. I I just I feel that very strongly, and I know you do too.
0: Yeah, I do. And like you were saying with Pagan and and Yates, you know it's the beginning of the season, and with the kind of stalled and abbreviated spring training, there's expected to be some rust. But what you know what kind of drive me crazy about about that performance is is Yates after he gives up a single, he walks the bases loaded and like to me that's unforgivable man just like throw the ball over the plate and at least give your defense a shot to to make a play and yeah it drives me fucking nuts yeah you know
1: with the shortened season I think you know
0: some of these players
1: are dealing with the dead arm uh, you know that uh, that fatigue that's uh, usually you see you know in April May and now we're seeing it you know in fucking late July and maybe in early August but fucking in, in a shortened season you know maybe you got to bring these guys along in a different way now you know if they're gonna look this bad this poor this quickly especially from I mean I know Pagan's not a 15-year vet but he's also not a
0: rookie and his stuff is just absolutely filthy and so he's got to come in and do better so one thing that I kind of noticed about the pitching so far is it seems like Tingler has had kind of a quick pull on the starting pitchers and Maybe that's just because of what we talked about about the you know the shortened spring training and whatnot, but or or maybe just the beginning of the season you know early and starting these guys kind of slow. But I hope that's not a trend that's going to continue through the season. I I hope he he can uh, let Paddock and and some of these other guys go a little deeper into these games. I, I know the bullpen is fantastic, but I'd like to see him him give these guys a shot to to pitch deeper into games
1: sure yeah me
0: too and i think i think for the most part that's what
1: we're going to see um you know maybe that's just kind of indicative of kind of like the the workloads in the shortened season so far that that's what has kind of been on my mind more than anything so uh but like you you know that's what i want to see too uh so who's who's pitching tomorrow i don't know i think uh cueto's lined up for tomorrow uh, against uh chris paddock or Chris Paddock's lined up. I know Cueto's pitching tomorrow. Um, well, if we
0: t- if we take this game, you know, we're still in like the 8th or ninth inning here, but it looks like we're going to take it, knock on wood. But if we take this game, then, you know, we got a, a pretty damn good shot at, at sweeping the series, assuming that Paddock and, and Lament finish out the series.
1: Yeah, it looks like so it's, it'll be Chris and, and Lamet, and then uh, TBD to be determined for San Francisco – but, you know, their fucking shit's weak. So, we got that. I, I'm, you know, I'm really just, I'm so excited to see Tatis continue to watch him develop the maturation process on the highest level in front of us. Him be a fucking the superstar he is. But, to be honest with you, I think, like, for me, like, I know that ownership has talked about how the COVID-19 thing has hit them and... How they're losing money and all that fucking nonsense. And I don't want to hear that shit at all. These fucking owners with their just stacks of cash. They need to lock Fernando Tatis up for fucking life. This kid's fucking, his charisma is off the charts. Just like Derek Jeter fucking jump throws from the fucking hole. Like he's the whole package. Like he's, he could be the, you know, the new face of MLB, you know? Like he's just got that, that it factor to him, you know? and even i even saw it on mlb it posted something it was on one of their social media accounts whether it be facebook or twitter they posted like this cover picture with Fernanda tatis right next to mike trout and some of the other you know up and coming stars and and current stars and i just thought you know like how I propose you know of them to do that and to to see that we're not the only ones who think this and potters ownership really needs to make sure that they don't let him get to free agency because he'll fucking walk. We won't have that money, you know, to to uh, to ex- to extend him at that time. But they can do it now because it'll be cheaper now. And another year and a half, will will we we'll even be able to fuck? Is he-
0: yeah? I mean, I'm all for extending him, lock him up to for ten more years with Manny Machado. Got to do far it. As man. I'm concerned,
1: got to do it.
0: And 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 what you were saying, I I saw something else too that you know the question was like which which one of these guys do you want to start your franchise or something like that <clears throat> and and for me it's it's got to be tatis or, or trout and there's no other answer in my mind
1: yeah i mean you can uh, like you could you know people would say well what about soto or kuna so, you know but not for me not I mean, for me because i don't yeah. think that they have the same it factor I don't think they they don't have that same overall. I think you know Acuna has that that athleticism, but uh, and Soto has seen that you know the World Series and such rings. But dude, like just Tatis with again his charisma it's on BMW commercials I mean, like, what's up, like fucking player, bro.
0: Well, and if and if I'm gonna start my franchise with anybody I want, I'm gonna start somebody that plays up the middle. It's gonna be a shortstopper or a center fielder for me.
1: Yeah, and I—I I, I
0: mean, I—I'm not gonna lie. It would be really hard for me to take Tatis over Mike Trout. Mike, to me, Mike Trout is as good as any player that's ever played the game. But yeah,
1: he's—he's he's Mickey Mantle of fucking Mickey Mantle stayed yeah. healthy, you know, and uh, and didn't booze it up all night. But and who knows what Mantle would have done too? That's an thats another fucking whole podcast I'd love to fucking talk about the the unbelievable ceiling and like limitless talent of that dude kind of just uh i mean hall of fame uh nonetheless and legend regardless but what could have been even as you know what he's already done as what a legend but anyways uh i'm really impressed with a lot of things going on collectively speaking i would love to see them lock up tatis and I wouldn't look at Paddock and uh, Denilson lament at this time because they have Machado and, but the good thing is, is they have, uh, you know, Hosmer's uh, sort of back rated is a back rated salary is going down next year. So
0: honestly, I, w- I don't know if I would ever look at extending a pitcher to a long-term contract. Like I think right. I'd rather, I think I'd rather build pitchers from within uh-huh. and, and, totally and lock up Machado and Tatis and, and have these studs in our lineup for ten years, and just and build around young pitching.
1: Totally agree, and that's the same way I feel about drafting. Into the draft, I feel like you go for those fucking uber talented, high ceiling kids. And with your first pick, I mean, you pick the best guy regardless of what position. It doesn't matter. But if if they're close, if they're if it's even remotely close, I think like for me, anyways, I'm always gonna go with a position player. They're gonna have you know more value you know uh, in theory, and um, pitchers are just so volatile at that age too. Especially if they've you know pitch collegiate ball, uh, they're doing better at limiting you know uh, innings now than they ever have been. But it's uh, still not great. So, I all day long I'll I'll be trading pitchers to try to continue to build up the MLB roster, and and uh, I I would be very hesitant reluctant to you know extend guys like uh denilson lament and it's probably why they haven't extended yates too
0: he's an older dude was he like 31 now 32 yeah I, I definitely wouldn't be trying to lock up any relievers
1: well in, i i'm sure i'm sure that they offered him a you know year extension or something and he was like fuck that you know but he wants to get paid this might be his only real opportunity had at his age in his career to get maybe a final payday. I think we'll wrap it up now for Amplifier. Um, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, if you guys have time, you know, um, hit us likes, favorites, retweets. Uh. So tune in next time when uh, we talk about how Brian was adopted. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.
0: Later.